0: On this week's episode, we welcome Alan Dershowitz. Everybody talks about vaccines and the fact that the government is moving toward mandates. You see it in corporate America. You see it in the military. One of my most respected people in the world is attorney Alan Dershowitz, who's a frequent contributor to our show, joins us to talk about a new book that he just completed, The Case for Vaccine Mandates. And thank you so much for joining us, Attorney Dershowitz.
1: Well, thanks. It's been a very, very, very busy day for me. I've been spending the last 24 hours without any sleep, trying to help 200 female judges get out of Afghanistan. So if I'm a little tired, you'll have to you'll have to excuse me. Are you
0: making progress in getting them out?
1: Progress, but it's slow and it's difficult. It's uh, for them. It's a mini Holocaust. Uh, they are very concerned that the Taliban will come and just murder them and their whole family. And uh, we have an obligation as fellow human beings to try to get them out. So I'm engaged in a pro bono activity and however long it takes, I will not give up until we rescue them.
0: What do did, what did they tell you about the situation and the threats that they face Attorney Jershowish?
1: Oh, it's just terrible. Uh, we have videotapes of the Taliban coming to people's homes and saying, where is the judge? We want to kill her, we want to kill her family. Tell us where the judge is. And the judges are running away and escaping. So. They're in grave, grave danger of being murdered and their family being murdered, and uh, they're they're very, very concerned, and we're trying every which way to uh, get them out and get them in out of harm's way.
0: So what we've been told about the compassion of the Taliban, and this is a new Taliban, not the old, and what we've been seeing in test reports is that there's not much that has changed about the Taliban and their disrespect and disregard for women.
1: Well, one possibility, the most optimistic possibility, is that there's division in the Taliban. And the people we're hearing about are the bad actors. But, you know, maybe the people on top could change over time. Who knows? Give them a chance. But these are test cases, how they treat these 200 judges. The problem, of course, is these are female judges, many of whom sentenced men, members of the Taliban, to prison. And the one thing that a Taliban man can't endure is having been sentenced by a woman. So, the women are very, very vulnerable. But let's wait and see. Um, but we can't wait too long. We have to get them out. I'd rather wait and see with them out of the country than with them in the country.
0: Why did you decide to wade into the waters and um, writing this book, A Case for Vaccines?
1: Well, because I'm worried that everything has become politicized. And I tried to write a neutral, objective, non-political book, assessing all the science and balancing... The right of individuals to their bodily integrity uh, versus the right of other people not to uh, have contagious diseases thrust on them and so i do come down for vaccine mandates but only as a last resort if everything else has been tried my goal is that the government will never mandate vaccination that people will enough people will want it to save their own lives and help their neighbors and family members that we won't have to have mandates but if we do if the government does finally say there's no way of stopping this without a mandate, that mandate would be constitutional, in my view, under a case called Jacobson versus Massachusetts in 1905 and a bunch of other cases since that time. So it's I reached that conclusion reluctantly. You remember, when I write books or give legal analysis, I don't generally give my personal views. I do an analysis. I don't have constitutional law always coming out my way the way my colleague Larry Tribe, for example, does. The Constitution always comes out his way. In my situation, the Constitution comes out the Constitution's way. Sometimes it favors my party. I'm a liberal Democrat. Often it favors the other party, but that's the way it should be. The Constitution is not a partisan document.
0: Well, let's just acknowledge this science. Um, Natural immunity is more effective than than the vaccine. I mean, and the people who have natural immunity have the highest complications from this vaccination because they're already immune. Well, let people have... I mean, God forbid somebody gets the the disease, then they'll have uh,
1: some natural immunity. People with natural immunity sometimes get the disease a second time. But most people don't have natural immunity. Um, And so uh, the vaccine uh, gives them a kind of immunity that they get, essentially, from having the illness itself, but without having the symptoms. And remember, a lot of people, particularly people my age, die. Um, I've lost um, uh, several friends, and I had one friend who was, uh, who was in a uh, machine for uh, over a month and miraculously survived, and I just want to reduce the number of people who are sick. That's the goal, not politics. This is the first vaccination, vaccine, that has become political.
0: Let me, let me, let me raise this with you. Um, and I, I understand that you say that you want this to be a last resort. But how government mandate can ever be controlled, uh, Mr. Dershowitz, once it gets started? Uh, I mean, especially in an area where there's already controversy. There was no controversy during the polio uh, other right. vaccinations. So, how far are you willing for the government to go? How, how, how much control? Well, right now we're seeing what I call
1: soft compulsion. Um, nobody is being made to get a vaccine, but they're told if you don't get a vaccine, then you can't come to work, or if you don't get a vaccine, you can't come to uh, synagogue. I was you know today was Rosh Hashanah or uh, around Rosh Hashanah time, and 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 therefore. Uh, uh, you can limit people going to church, to synagogue, to schools. University of Indiana limited it, and the court upheld that. So we're seeing kind of soft compulsion. It's compulsion because you got to go to school, you got to go to work. But the government isn't saying you must get a vaccine. They're saying if you don't, there will be consequences. It's a little less a denial of bodily integrity. You can still be a civil disobedient and stay home. But what you can't do is go into crowds, and spread your disease um, without other people having the option of knowing that you're not vaccinated and acting on it.
0: Well, well, our president is commander-in-chief and the military is now demanding that you're vaccinated.
1: Well, you know, George Washington made all of his troops be vaccinated. He wrote a famous letter, actually, in the hand of Alexander Hamilton, uh, but a letter to um, uh, to John Hancock, of all people, in which he said he was going to mandate every single member of the Army, the Revolutionary Army, to get inoculated against smallpox because he said if there were a smallpox epidem- epidemic, it would be worse than a losing by the sword. Losing by the smallpox would be worse than losing by the sword. And, and the Revolutionary War would have been over. We would have lost. And so Washington compelled uh, vaccination. And of course, if you're in the Army, you have to be vaccinated, not only against this illness, but against many illnesses. If you're drafted or you volunteer, you get, you get uh, injected over and over again for uh, various illnesses. But, you know, the army is different. Um, uh, prison is different. Uh, we're civilians. Uh, the government can't tell us what to do generally. My favorite bad argument, though, is the people on the right who say, look, uh, when you defend the woman's right to have abortion, you say women should control their bodies. But when it comes to vaccination, No, no, the state has to control their bodies. Well, there's a big difference. Uh, Pregnancy is not contagious, as far as I know. You're not going to give anything to anybody else. It's it's your body. Yeah, there's a fetus, but it's your body. Whereas with vaccination, your body can can become typhoid Mary and spread the illness, and the state
0: has a greater interest in preventing that. You know what happens, uh, Attorney Dershowitz, with the next variant? We got the Delta the lambda is coming in probably the mu. Uh, uh, there could probably be continuations of variants forever being gotcha. manipulated by politicians. They can use this to gain more power and control over the people. I don't think so. I can't imagine any politician
1: using, I mean, I'm not talking oh, about Oh, you politics, can't be serious. But in the United States, I can't imagine a politician creating a variant in order to increase his power. There will be variants. The best science says, that COVID is gonna become like the flu. Over the years, there are gonna be 25, 35, 50 different variations and different every year, maybe a different vaccine will be developed the way it is for the flu. We'll be able to live with it. Uh, Fewer people will die, fewer people will be hospitalized. There will be some who die, particularly old people with uh, current illnesses, but it will become more like the flu, but it won't disappear. We're not gonna get herd immunity on COVID. We're not gonna make it disappear the way smallpox has, the way measles virtually has, and the way polio is, we're going to have to live with it. And so that's why I wrote the book, uh, because the the civil liberties and constitutional stakes are very, very high. And I, you know, believe that the government should stay out of your bedroom and your bathroom and 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 your body unless it's absolutely necessary to prevent harm to others. The government should never make you do something just because it's good for you, but if doing something will help others and not doing it will hurt others the government does have a role to play, hopefully as a last resort.
0: I mean, mean, imagine this, airlines saying, I'm going to increase your pay for your benefits to $200 and you have to take um, the PCR test every week. Imagine some corporations demanding that if their employees are not vaccinated, they cannot come back to work. I mean, obviously, it's their way of life. It's uh, it's impacting their family life. It's it's impacting their mental health. The mental aspect, are you kidding me? I mean, while you may say it's not a mandate, mandate it is a mandate, and it has a impact just as a threat of the possibility that it happens and when it happens. No,
1: I agree with that. I think it does have an impact. I think it's a very serious civil liberties infringement. If they made you... T- let me give you an example. If they came up with a vaccine that cured cancer 100%, without any risk, I still wouldn't let the government make you take it you have the right to decide whether you're going to take an injection or get cancer. This is not cancer. Cancer isn't contagious. This is highly contagious. And so the government has limited rights with due process, with medical exceptions. We can debate religious exceptions. There was an interesting article in the New York Times the other day by a Christian pastor saying there shouldn't be religious exemptions, that religions should favor people getting vaccinated. All of that can be debated, but We're talking not about people controlling only their own bodies. We're talking about people not being contagious. We're talking about my right to know whether or not you're vaccinated. And I can make my own decision. Um, If I get invited to an event, I ask all the time, is everybody vaccinated? And if they say no, I don't go. If they say yes, I do go with a mask. That's my individual choice. So my body, your body, all of our bodies have to interact in a way that prevents the spread of diseases. And that's what it means to
0: live in a community. Um, Attorney Alan Dershowitz has a new book that's coming out about uh, vaccine mandates, but he seems to contradict himself here. He seems to be somewhere in the middle. He's not really sure whether we should give the government all this control. And so uh, we hope you continue to agonize it over it, because we realize what happens when we give the government that kind of control and that kind of mandate.
1: I'm trying to be nuanced, not inconsistent. I'm saying it's a very difficult issue, and it shouldn't be done unless it's a last resort. But as a last resort, the
0: Constitution will permit it. I don't think that's inconsistent. Attorney Dershowitz, thank you so much for
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode.